How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. We're Grant and Danny. This is The Fan. Jay Gruden is on the show at 5 o'clock today. There is bountiful Commander's News interviewing OC candidates. Some updates on a potential sale. The team wants to roll with Sam Howell this offseason is their starting quarterback, among other items to discuss. Danny, I know it feels like a Monday. Yeah. But like me, you've been getting this wrong all day. It's all day. Actu- it's actually Tuesday. All day. I've been just off. The uh, I don't even know how to explain this. No one's going to care. But I saw the trash truck come through today because it comes through on Tuesdays. And I was like, what's he doing here? Real, again, he you must see what I'm be saying? wrong. Yeah, he the, tra- the he, like the trash truck's a person. Like it's a cartoon that we watch twice like, in three minutes. Yeah. My wife corrected me on that, and you'd think after the first time you just would get it, but the first time she said something about Wednesday being tomorrow, and I was like, silly, no, silly rabbit. Yeah. And she's like, nope, today's Tuesday. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> three minutes later, she goes, are we still going to dinner tomorrow? And I said, no, we're going Wednesday. She's like, I just told you today was Tuesday. A moment ago. It's just going to be you. that way all day for yeah, me. We're going to scuffle I, I can't bit. do days off on Monday, but uh, hopefully everyone is refreshed. The batteries are recharged. Quick shout out to the Washington Capitals for providing joy last night. Don't know if you watched the game or not. That was a blast. They were down 3 to nothing on Long Island against the Islanders. They come back to win 4-3 to three in overtime with Dmitry Orlov. Old Snarls with a nasty little move with Another one of those. He's got a couple overtime winners, if uh, my memory serves well. Yeah, I, I go back and forth between that one and the football game, and I'm going, this is this is ugly right now. You know, they were due for a little bit of a regression after they've been just a buzzsaw for, you know, five, six weeks. Not playing their best. Welcoming Nikki and Tom Wilson back in the lineup. I'm going, okay, you, you lost another one. Still some time to regroup. And then the, and then the little chip away. Little chip weights, three to one, three to two. Here's TJ Oshie on a one touch. Next thing you know, you're going to overtime and you get a W. I like that. I like the spirit of this bunch. That would have been three losses in four games since the Wilson Backstrom return. Instead, it was backy feeding Willie to help fuel the return and the comeback in the game for those two guys. So game four, Wilson's first goal. Good to see him back and Backstrom back contributing. So handsome in a win. They have it back to back. We'll get you a Caps power play. At 6.15 tonight as they are in action at Capital One Arena against 
a good team, a full preview ahead. But why don't we start the show with the NFL playoffs this weekend? How good was that? You want to know why the league is so successful, huh? You want to know why this is a drug for people? Just check out the video from any of what took place this weekend. Let's rapid fire run through the big storylines. Cowboys destroyed the Bucks in game six. This was the final game last night on Monday Night Football, 31-14. to 14. These games get broken down a million different ways. Uh-huh. We talk about how Dallas looked in Week 18. We talk about Dak coming off one of the worst performances of his recent career. You know what didn't get enough conversation leading into this game? The fact that the Cowboys were pretty good all year and the Bucs were pretty bad all year. And those two teams played in Tampa, and the Bucs looked like they've looked all season. They stunk last night. They trailed 24 to nothing before scoring, and they lost by 17. That's a bad football team. To me, this was a uh, this was more about what Dallas wasn't doing. And I really um, that last week, and you correctly called this by the way on the show on Friday. I, I thought Dallas had just lost their way. I thought that game against Washington, where they wanted to win it and they held their start, they put the starters in and kept them in until you know the game was done and, and with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter. I thought that was going to be kind of the stain. Prescott had. Um, Interception, I think it was seven straight games that just hadn't looked right. And I, and I thought this was going to be one of those ugly, low-scoring affairs where Tampa can't do anything for you know 55 minutes, and then all of a sudden there's a couple late scores, and they were going to eke this one out. Not because they're good, but because Dallas really was so bad. Could have been more wrong about that. Dallas came out after you know a, a, a nice little volley of three and outs. All of a sudden, Dallas just ripped off touchdowns on, I think it was four straight possessions. Tampa was lost offensively. They're gross. Enter uh, Byron Leftwich getting fired here this morning. Man, oh man, they're gonna, they got to pick up the pieces and maybe go through a lengthy, gross rebuild potentially down there in Tampa. Prescott was sensational last night. Yep, I don't think you can play a better, more efficient game than he did. Certainly, if you take the first couple of three and outs out of the equation, it was almost perfect after that. And kudos to his offensive line. I thought he had it really easy in terms of time to to. Survey, but 305 yards, four touchdowns, turnover free, also rushed for 24 yards and a touchdown. So five total scores in what was the performance of his career to this point. A couple of those touchdowns to tight end Dalton Schultz. Uh, The Cowboys had a kicker in this game, Brett Maher, miss four extra points. Four. I've never seen that before, and I think that's because it's probably never happened before. He's good. Like, I know no one wants to say that today, but that guy, he's got four kicks of over 60 yards that he's made in his career. Everyone said they have to cut him, and I'm going, but what about the fact that he's been outstanding until yesterday? Does that matter to anybody? I don't know. The problem, though, is this. Does he he have the yips now? Like, he lines up for a big kick next weekend. Are you confident in that? Do you almost have to sign someone else just in case this thing goes sideways? Is he Chuck Knobloch or Rick Ankeel all of a sudden? Four missed extra points. He did make his fifth of the game after their fifth touchdown. But it would be 35-14. They scored five touchdowns. He missed his first four extra points. It was so wild. I mean, this year, incredibly consistent as a field goal kicker, missed one in the 40 to 49-yard range, was 9 of 11 on 50-plus. Like, bona fide good. Beast. That is a good kicker who last night had some problems. I'm pretty sure he missed an extra point against Washington in Week 18 if memory serves, because he and Joey Sly were going back and forth dueling banjos. So Anything actually, you can do. That means five extra points in two games, bro. Yeah. I Maybe they should make a phone call. I don't think you cut the guy, but maybe you have someone on speed dial and see what happens this week. I, I, I wouldn't want to have to get a big field goal against the 49ers this weekend if I'm Dallas. 
on Tampa Bay, and we'll talk about this at 6 o'clock tonight, the big story is going to be Tom Brady's future. Brady struggled last night. I, I don't know if, if he played as badly as it was that the offense was ineffective, but here's what I didn't really get about all the, the Tampa love going into the game. They were 8-9 and nine this season, yep. right? I mean, everyone saw that. They are the worst team at running the ball. They have a terrible scheme running the football, and they didn't have their center all year long, Jensen. And they were really ineffective throwing the ball. They couldn't get guys open. All the people who study the film for a living would point out all season long that basically the disorganization of their passing game, essentially. I I didn't really, I guess it was more an indictment on the Cowboys after week 18, to your yep. point, but I didn't get anyone thinking they would just flip a switch other than they have Tom Brady. But Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady this year. In the game, he throws for 351 in a pair of touchdowns. On 66 attempts. It's because he, he threw it almost every single play when they were behind the entire game, like five yards per attempt, basically, which is not very good. But here's what I think is going to happen. The, the new big story is, well, the, the Bucks are wondering, is Tom Brady going to retire? He's not retiring. I'm, am I the only person that thinks that this is all silly? Giselle tried to get him to retire for years, supposedly. They had a huge issue in their marriage, according to all of the stories we've heard over the years, because she wanted him to step away and he was unwilling to. Now they're divorced and he's going to retire now? I think that's crazy. He's going to LeBron this thing. He's going to, just like he did when he went to Tampa with all those weapons, coming off of 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns with uh, Jameis Winston. He's going to find a really good situation where he can go throw the ball and try to win a Super Bowl, whether that's Miami or maybe Vegas with Devontae Adams. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I would avoid that division if I was him Yep, because that's a really, really good division. That's a tough one, yeah. Unlike the two he's played in in his career, which have always been terrible around his team. But he, he'll handpick the best possible situation and try to make another run at it. And I don't, no problem. Go do what you want to do. I just can't see him retiring. I think he's leaving the Bucks. He'll play next year. That's where I'm going on record. I can see him retiring. I understand all the points that are being made. I, I sort of can't really do the, I don't, I guess, here's what I'll say. I don't know how much stock to put in the like e Hollywood news version of, or as a factor. For him, like I have no idea about his marriage. I have no clue. I like I, I know what I read, just like you did. Yeah, but it's nobody sort of like, knows about his marriage. But you saw the same story as I did that Giselle always wanted him to retire, and he didn't want to retire. Yeah, I, I just I don't know if that I don't know about that. I guess is what I'm saying. Like I, I sort of don't do that world. I I don't know what conversations they had or arguments. It makes sense. I just I don't know how much of a factor that was. Like now he's 46 and he's not good anymore. Maybe that's why he retires. Like maybe maybe he still has it and still wants to go somewhere like you're saying where he can throw to running backs 200 times. I have no idea what he wants to do. Bengals survive the Ravens 24-17. Baltimore gets a cover in this game on the road. And it was actually closer than the score would indicate. Sam Hubbard, their big mm. D tackle, with a fumble return touchdown of 98 yards. The Ravens were on the verge in the fourth quarter of taking a 24-17 lead at the Bengals on the goal line. Ill-advised quarterback sneak, bad call by Greg Roman. Tyler Huntley reaching for the goal line. Ball comes out. Hubbard picks it up. Wins a foot race for a touchdown. May have been a block in the back on the play. The Bengals, despite only getting 200 passing yards from Joe Burrow and being unable to run the football in the game, survive in advance. Kudos to the Ravens, man. Yeah. I thought they played their butts off. I actually thought they were the better team. They almost beat Cincy on the road in the playoffs with Huntley at quarterback. Would have been amazing. This is the Harbaugh special. I think there are two coaches in that division, him and Tomlin, who 
Whatever this is, they do it. If you add up to some of their parts, you don't get very much, right? These guys are punching above their weight class somehow. I, I, listen, I know that defense is good, especially once they got Roquan Smith, the, the thing changed. But they should they have no business hanging with Cincinnati and having a chance to take, as you said, a fourth quarter lead, then the dramatic turnaround, they couldn't overcome it. But that was the perfect script for the Ravens, right? Is you you hold this thing to fairly low scoring, make it an AFC North type showdown, punch, counterpunch. We, you know, hit each other super hard and gritting and bearing it, talking trash. They had a chance to win this football game. And I didn't, you know, Cincinnati's the better team and they have a higher ceiling. They can go further. But I do. I feel for those Ravens players. And you could tell everybody's sort of going, wonder what if, wonder what happened if Lamar was here. Would have been nice. Well, we heard that. That's yeah. a quote from J.K. Dobbins. And we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson's future today at 445 here on Grant and Danny. What's going to happen with him? Is he leaving? Where's he going to end up? But speaking of Dobbins, I, I texted Valdez this during the game, and I have a couple times late this season. Uh, he's my my Ravens insider, so mm-hmm. to speak. J.K. Dobbins is so underutilized by that team, it's embarrassing. I don't understand it. I don't know who's responsible for this. They desperately try to get the ball to Gus Edwards. Like They just love doing it. And on the goal line or in short yardage, that's fine. But he basically splits carries with Dobbins if you look at it. Yeah, And it's inexplicable to me. Uh, in this game, Dobbins had 13 carries for over 60 yards, and Edwards had 12 carries for 39 yards. Dobbins, every time he was touching the ball, was getting basically six yards, and they just wouldn't give it to him. After the game, he went off. He basically said, I'm tired of not being involved. I'm tired of not getting the football. And I normally hate this kind of stuff from a player. And I would still say it was ill-advised. But it was so right, it's hard to be upset. Like, you have Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Your best player on offense, other than Mark Andrews probably, is unequivocally J.K. Dobbins. Yep. And even when they're throwing the ball, they they don't throw it to him. I, I just I didn't get that. I didn't get it the whole second half of the year after he came back. I thought maybe they were saving him for the playoffs, so I didn't go crazy about it in the regular season. And then they did the same thing in the playoff game. And then, as you said, he also questioned Lamar Jackson. He joined Team Sammy Watkins. I, I, I took that as, you know, when he said we would have won with Lamar, kind of a shot against Lamar, not mm-hmm. him just saying. Because if it's not a shot against Lamar, then it's a shot against Huntley. It's one of the two. Yeah. In other words, you're there, either there's saying. Somebody's catching something. Exa- you're either saying, <laughs> yeah. hey, we would have won if we didn't have our bad backup playing. Or you're saying. We should have had Lamar Jackson because he's able to play, and we would have won if he would have played. But one of those two things is what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, the, to your Dobbins point, I think you're 100% right. Like, he's always hurt in the regular season. Like, he misses, he's missed so much time. He came back, he got hurt, he came back, he got hurt. So I get saving him in the regular season. Like, if this is a meaningless week 16, 17 game, not meaningless, but you know what I mean. Like, nowhere near as important as, I don't know, a do-or-die playoff situation. I like Gus Edwards fine. Dobbins is a better football player. I mean, they never thought of running backs in Baltimore as it is, and you could see how effective it is when you actually do those sorts of things. They've got a weapon in Dobbins. They've got to figure out, A, how to keep him healthy, but B, how to utilize him in a must-win game like that. Giants beat the Vikings on the road in Minneapolis. NFC East, by the way. How about it? 3-0 and of the four remaining teams in the NFC. Mm. Three represent the Eastern Division. This was the Daniel Jones game. This was Daniel Jones's coming out party in a big spot. Threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Ran for 78 yards in this game. A total of 379 for him. Now, no one has ever had the game statistically that he had in terms of throwing the ball, running the ball, the success that he had. It needs to be mentioned, though, that he did it against one of the worst defenses to ever make the playoffs. Yeah. 
And if you watch the game, you saw the Giants' first two drives. Five-play, 75-yard touchdown. Four-play, 81-yard touchdown. After two drives, they were averaging 18 yards per play against the Vikings' defense, which was worst in the league defending the pass this year and one of the worst in the league overall. Uh, For Minnesota, 13 wins, and you're automatically eliminated. At home against a team you're probably better than, and you beat three weeks before that. And as is to be expected, the story after the game is that Kirk Cousins cost Minnesota. Uh, His final play of the game on a fourth and eight, he throws a three-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson underneath. He had a D-tackle in his face and not a whole lot there, but that throw still has to go beyond the sticks. That goes without saying. Not a good decision. He checks it down to Hawkinson, who can't break a tackle. And the context isn't going to matter with Kirk Cousins. It never has. You know What was available on the player, what wasn't. What he should have done is just chuck it up for grabs for a pick or an incompletion, and then everyone would probably not be talking about him in a game in which he had eight incompletions and didn't turn the ball over and was the most efficient quarterback of the weekend other than Dak Prescott. But the story is, of course, as is Kirk's career, that he cost him the game on the final drive with his throw too short. Not that their defense gave up 431 yards and seven yards per play. Yeah, this this we talk about game script with um, with Baltimore and Cincinnati, right? Like, if you were to design it in a lab, that's what you come up with. Same thing for the Giants here. Really good plan. Here's what you do. You don't let Justin Jefferson beat you. Easier said than done, but it's bracket. Anything that middle down the field, anything down the sideline, you always have two. You always are bothering Justin Jefferson. He'll get some numbers, right? He caught seven balls, but only 47 yards. That means you're going to live with some TJ Hawkinson. You're going to live with some Thielen. You'll live with some, uh, you know, KJ Osborne here and there. That's fine. You just can't let Jefferson beat you. That's what they're able to do, getting enough hits on, on, on Cousins, as you mentioned. But offensively, Daniel Jones, it felt like he ran every other play. Whether it was a design one or you know he would escape out of the pocket and go, I'll take these seven, I'll take these six, I'll take these few yards here. He was outstanding in this game, and as you said, it gets a terrible defense, but still, you got to make the plays. Dexter Lawrence, the D tackle for the Giants, finished as a first team All Pro. He's twenty five years old. I thought he was the best player in this game. Maybe if you go back and, and I saw someone put together a clip, basically a bunch of plays of him just destroying Garrett Bradbury. He was excellent the entire game. That guy's going to be a handful for the Eagles. I don't think I'm going to pick the Giants to beat Philly, but I'm telling you right now, Danny, I think that's going to be a close football game. They played them really tough in Week 18, Uh and that was when Philly needed the game. They now have the momentum of going on the road and winning. Daniel Jones is going to come in high in confidence after not turning the ball over. If their defense can get the interior pressure that they got, because Hurts isn't going to necessarily smaller guy not going to get the ball out as quickly. He's going to try to run around and scramble. They could hit him, force yep. a turnover or two. I could really see that becoming a problem for Philly, but we can look ahead in a minute. But kudos to Brian Dable. That's just good coaching. That's what it looks like. What an unbelievable season, man. First year there. Their their receivers are still Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. That Those are their best receivers. Darius Slayton worked in there as well. He has made Jones good. He has made the offense legit, and they're on to the second round of the playoffs in his first season. Like, come on. A road playoff win for that group that they wanted to start rebuilding. You know what I mean? They were like, yeah, we'll move on from Jones, probably move on from Barkley. Once Galladay's contract clears, then we can start kickstarting this rebuild thing in our image. Nope, sorry, your coach is too good. Your staff is too good. You're winning too many games, and now you're into the uh, divisional round of the postseason. So those are the final three games that were played over the weekend. We'll get to the first three with detailed breakdowns and some game balls and some gassers 
from Wild Card Weekend as we continue. 245 today will localize the convo to the Commanders as they interview Pat Shermer for their OC job. What do we think about that hiring? You're listening to Grant and Danny on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let him throw again. Wide open, Debo Samuel. Got a block from George Kittle. Debo Samuel. There he goes. Foot on the gas. All the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. A 74-yarder. Joe Davis of Fox on the call. We'll get to the 49ers thrashing the Seahawks to start the postseason in just a couple of moments. What a great weekend of NFL action. Danny, what was the snack of choice for you? During the weekend, best thing you ate while watching football. That is a great question by you. I think it was the lady Huaf's chili. She went uh, like the, she tinkers with the recipe all the time. She's like she's never satisfied, so it's always like let's try this thing. Let's try this kind of jalapeno in there. Let's try this dark fermented chili uh, from this restaurant. Not restaurant from this grocery store. Or whatever. She Taylor Soldier spied it. Yeah, all the time, all of the time. Fifteen minute Taylor. Really, really good. That was the best thing I think we had. A little sour cream in there, a little queso. Delish. You can get behind that. Yep. Got a little chips and dip in for uh, Sunday's action, which is always a classic for your boy. We kind of majored in meals, honestly, so there was less snacking. Okay. I did meals before kickoff and then less snacking, but I'm generally all for snacking. I'm pro- I, To me, snacking is the best way to do it. I would agree because you never get overly full. Uh-huh. You're, you're always a little bit hungry. There's always room for something else. Mm-hmm. Is that salty and crunchy? Bring it here. First of the games to get to that we have not yet discussed. Kudos to the Miami Dolphins. Man. What a really impressive performance that was. 
If you didn't watch this game, you look at Skylar Thompson's line, 18 of 45, and you go, how in the heck was this a 34-31 final? I actually thought, do you disagree with this? Skylar Thompson was good enough to win. And I thought Skylar Thompson was, I'm not going to say he was really good or anything, but considering the circumstances, yeah, Buffalo's defense, the fact that he is Skylar Thompson, <laughs> how little experience he has, I actually thought he far exceeded my expectations. And dare I say, he was perfectly fine. Like, they had four or five drops. So it would have been a 24 for 45, which is not great. We've been about 260 yards. Mike McDaniel take a bow. He had his guys right there with the Bills for the third time. They beat Buffalo once. They lost by a field goal the second time. And then a 34-31 final in this game. Crazy to me. I just can't explain it. I watched it like everybody else did. The whole you know, country watched it. The ratings are amazing. I still can't explain how this happened. I look at the numbers that I was, you know, tracking throughout the game. And I'm shaking my head. Like, you know, Terry Kill got 15 targets and only seven catches. That's it's over. The game's over. They lost by 30. Nope. There they are, just hanging around, counting crow style with a, a bunch of different chances. They were really, really impressive in this game. A group that lost five of six down the stretch with a third string quarterback went on the road and gave the best team in the league all they could handle. 17-0 Buffalo lead, and then Allen did the turnover thing. Mm-hmm. Now, one of them was not his fault, I didn't think, right? But it, it ended up being a bad luck turnover. But they turned it over twice to allow the Dolphins to get back even 17-17 before the half. They go get a field goal. And then a sack fumble of Josh Allen led to the touchdown that gave the Dolphins a lead 24-20 to that they still had with six minutes to go in the third quarter. We talked about this. Like, If you turn it over three times, yep. you're going to give them a chance. The weirdest part was the Dolphins also turned it over twice. If you turn it over zero times, I could see maybe being in the game. But you're only plus one in margin, so you're right. It's the ultimate look at the box score and guess the score, and it's way different than you thought game. Yeah, 34-13 is what, is what the box exactly. score tells me. With a couple weird turnovers in there, as, as you kind of pointed out. Can you help explain something to me? I'll try. Someone explain to me. Ooh. Make it make sense. All right. Why is Mike McDaniel getting so much hate? Like, again, there's talk about his job. Now, I don't think they were talking about that in Miami, in the front office or at the ownership level. But what am I missing? They made the playoffs in his first season. They would have easily made the playoffs with Tua. They almost beat the Bills with Skylar Thompson, their QB3. Help me. Make that make sense. Why is this guy dealing with any scrutiny? Here's how the conversation should go. Amazing first season, Mike McDaniel. You did a really good job in the playoffs against the Bills. What are we doing here? Is he catching Eric Flack? I, I sort of I haven't seen a ton of it. He has been, yeah. One of the big stories is is still weird. Like, what are they going to do, or should they make a move? I get down I, on your knees and thank God you have Mike McDaniel. Do that real quick. I'm I'm missing something. I Me don't, too. I don't really get it. Yeah, they they need a better defense. They need improvement on that side of the ball. Again, they turned turned Buffalo over a few different times, including that sack fumble that you alluded to. But over the course of that season, they gave up basically 400 points. And if they were middle of the pack on defense, they might have eked out a couple of those wins um, when they were losing five out of six to close the season. But yeah, the, the Tua situation sort of surrounding that organizationally, they need to get that sorted out. I mean, you got to put that you got to put that person first at some point with all the different concussions and injuries that he suffered, and you know, getting him back in games and, and the like. But you're right; if they have him, 
I don't know that they lose to the Chargers, right? I don't know that they lose all of those games that they ended up uh, dropping. That was a group with an excellent offense that was really, really impressive when he was available and throwing. Jaguars in the thriller of the weekend, one of the craziest games in playoff history, the third biggest comeback in the history of the NFL postseason, beat the Chargers 31-30, a complete meltdown for Brandon Staley in L.A. 27-0, the Chargers led the Jaguars, and they end up losing the game, being outscored 31-3 the rest of the way. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks before he did anything remotely positive. Ends up with just shy of 300 yards and four touchdowns to equal out those interceptions. Scores for Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones through the air. Travis Etienne ran for 110 yards against the Chargers team that just can't stop the run. I I still can't believe that game happened. 27-0 lead in the playoffs, and you get eliminated. What's the just, do, you have, do, we, do we have an Elias Sports Bureau stat on... Losing the turnover battle by five and winning? Well, I saw a stat that a team that had done two things, one of which plus five in turnover margin, and I can't remember the other might have been something like, you know, 320 total yards or whatever, but had never lost a game with those two things happening, and they're the first. Yeah, held the ball for 33 minutes, turned Jacksonville over five times, didn't turn it over themselves, and lost. Not possible. Like this, that game is not possible. The Joey Bosa meltdown in this game was real, by the way. Yeah, he killed them. So the, I missed why he spiked his helmet the second time. Was he mad that he he wasn't getting a call and like no. a holding thing it, or something? The, I, the I didn't second, follow that. So the first time he was livid was lining up offsides, which I actually think he did, but it was bang bang. It was close. The second time was the right tackle in front of him false started. Mm-hmm. And that tackle, I would say, false started in the game conservatively 14 times. And it wasn't called once. Yeah. And it was one of those where it's like the Morgan Moses head start. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's a beat. It's a split second. And maybe they give you the benefit of the doubt because they're like, oh, well, my eyes just didn't see the ball snapped at the same time. Uh-huh. But it was legitimately, by the book, I would say, a false start. I exaggerated. But let's say six or seven times. It, hap- it definitely happened. And they never called it. And Bosa, I'm sure, over and over again is going, you guys got to call this. This guy's starting early. You have to call this. And then in the biggest spot of the game, when they score or pick up the big yards that they needed at the end to set themselves up beautifully, again, it was a false start, and I think he had just had enough, essentially. Those temper tantrums. I mean, I, I'm sorry the call didn't go your way. That's tough. I need the officials to make the correct call, period. Next paragraph. Please don't melt down. There, this is such a big game. <laughs> there were a couple of moments when you go back and see like the Jags keeping drives alive where – it would have been third and a million, uh-huh. and they, they have a, a defensive holding, or would have been time to punt, and they keep the drive alive with a roughing, or little things. Seven for 42 in terms of penalties, but yeah. huge, though. They're all, there's so many huge. Jacksonville was two of 10 on third downs. Turned the ball over five times. How do you do that? I, I mean, it's, I'm, that game, we're, we got our show text going. That game broke me. Like, I, I was so upset. What I wanted was, Monday morning, I guess not Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon when we come in to do the show, everybody that was like, I think this is going to happen with Jacksonville was going to be upset. Like, you should be mathematically eliminated from our confidence points thing. Ryan should be eating crow because he's like, five points on Jacksonville. He didn't know what to do. I was so upset because here's what I said. That's going to be chaos. I'm going to stay away from it. And I was right and I get nothing. You guys were like, here's the game script. Jacksonville's going to run it down their throats and win a, a puncher game. 
That's not what happened at all. When I'm wrong, when I'm wrong, Tampa's going to stick with Dallas. You'll see. Totally wrong. Game didn't happen how I thought. I get zero points. You're wrong. You got 12 points out of the damn thing. I'm I'm still fuming from how that happened. But th- I mean, it's fuming. Occasionally, when you bet, when you live in this world, when you play this game we play, every now and then, it's very rare. You or get, first time ever. You get the hook job. <laughs> you get the hook job. Sometimes you get what we call a bad beat. Mm. There's more bad beats than hooks. So you just accept the hooks and you don't look back. By the way, I got to say, I tweeted about this early in the game. Everyone else by the end of the game was talking about it. And I got a lot of heat for this, and that's fine. I am I am okay being correct, even if it annoys people. The Al Michaels performance during this game was unacceptable. One of the great games in my lifetime. A comeback the likes of which people will be talking about for generations. The call at the end of the game was horrendous. And the energy throughout the entire broadcast took away from the game. I'm a Tony Dungy guy. I've always liked Tony Dungy as a broadcaster. He is a low-energy broadcaster, and so he should probably be a third guy in a booth. Or if he's a second guy, you got to pair him with an Ian Eagle or a Gus Johnson, someone who's happy to be there. Al Michaels, at this point, being 78 years old, and we'll play the audio later. We'll, we'll get into this in more mm-hmm. detail down the road in today's show. People say, you're age-shaming. No, I'm performance-shaming. Yeah, it doesn't change his incredible career. One of the greats of all time. One of the best to ever do this. No one right now doing this will probably have his career. Someone like me who takes play-by-play and studies it and wants to do it. I know I'll never be Al Michaels. I'm not stupid. Okay, Al Michaels is one of the goats. He's one of the best ever. If this is what it sounds like when you're on a big game and you need to give me energy, then we just can't do it anymore. And this isn't about, like, you're age-shaming. No, this is about performance, right? In, in a lot of jobs, you, you got to be able to do the thing. And it it just was, it didn't work. Yeah, it was unacceptable, it, I it, felt like. There, there is bad, and then there's kind of embarrassing, right? There's like, ah, that wasn't ideal. And then there's that game. That was the worst he's ever been. And I think it was just under a microscope because the game was so great. And now it's time to be excited and to be energetic and to, to talk about this thing that's never happened, you would have ne- if there was no scoreboard, you would have never known that the final kick to win the game by a point wasn't the first field goal in the the first quarter in a preseason game of of, of two teams. It it just was not okay. And I, I'm I'm a I'm a Dungy fan, especially as a broadcaster. But that's just bad luck. He's not a oh you like you know you could have used a little Romo there. Like I can't stand Tony Romo. Everything he's oh my god, GM like that's so annoying. This is the season. This is the game. You could have used a little bit of that, though, like changing pace. Because, again, I think Dungy's really sharp and really good. But as you're having this epic thing happen, Dungy's whole deal is he's not getting excited. Period. End of story. That's not who he is. So the the recipe there, just part of that's bad luck. The other part is Al Michaels doesn't have the velocity anymore. We'll have to uh, discuss the 49ers trouncing the Seahawks who hung with them for a half, by the way. It was a great game. At the half, it was 17-16 Seattle. And then Brock Purdy and the Niners got right and poured it on in the second half. We'll discuss that game a little bit later on today on Grant and Danny. Next, let's localize the football convo. The Commanders interviewing Pat Shermer today. What do we think of him as a candidate? That's next right here on The Fan. 
When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Pat Shermer, a four-time offensive coordinator and two-time head coach in the NFL, being interviewed by Ron Rivera today for the OC opening in Washington after the firing of Scott Turner. That vacancy going to be filled, we're assuming, by someone who's been around the league for a while. It's just hard to imagine this very uh, mature in terms of experience, kind of older staff going with a young, up-and-coming coordinator. And also, those offensive minds generally like to throw the ball a lot, and Rivera and Martin Mayhew made it pretty clear they want to run the ball a whole bunch. I tweeted this today at Grant H. Paulson. Here's some links between Shermer and Rivera that I found interesting when doing some digging. They were together on the Eagles staff from 99 to 01. So they spent three years on the staff, One of them was the linebackers coach. The other was an O-line tight ends coach. So their groups would go head-to-head, presumably doing a lot of chatting and talking in the building at that time in Philly. Uh, The Shermer career arc shows that he was the head coach of the Giants under Dave Gettleman. Gettleman was the GM when Rivera was the head coach as well. So both of those guys, including the hiring of Shermer, under Dave Gettleman, similar tree in that regard. And then I found this tie pretty interesting. Mike Shula was Rivera's longtime coordinator. Mike Shula ended up being the coordinator in New York under Gettleman and Pat Shermer. So it tells you that these guys kind of agree on some things, Mm -hmm. maybe feed out of the same trough. This is why I think Shermer's the favorite to get this job. What I'm expecting them to do and what I would do are two different things. This doesn't excite me at all. Uh, I would actually go the opposite way and say that I would be disappointed by this. But I do think that this is the type of hire they're going to make. I've been saying Mike Shula, Shermer's a similar guy. It's going to be something like this. Yeah, I think you just said it. The for what given their process, right? Again, if all things were equal, I would say it's time for a clean slate, whole new staff, whole new everything. If you're going to have Ron Rivera hold over between, you know, ownership regimes if there is indeed a change, then this weird structure is going to lead to someone just like this. Long career, knows everybody out of football this past year. Right? So 
he wants to be on people's radars back in interviews and work in the circuit, even if it means I'm going to do this one-year hamster wheel thing where I'm probably getting blown out the year after, right? Maybe, you know, maybe it goes really well, I can hold over or, or, or whatever. But yeah, this is the type of pool they're going to be swimming in. And Shermer's had success in good offensive situations. He's had some really good offenses. I mean, he had the, the number one rush offense in the sport in 2013 in Philadelphia. They were uh, second in yards, I think fourth in points. And then the next year, they were third in points. Yeah, really good situation. When it's not been good, I don't know that he's getting a lot more out of guys that are pedestrian. I mean, you've seen some back-of-the-league type rankings in terms of um, his offensive coordinator resume over the years, whether it was in Cincinnati, excuse me, whether it was St. Louis, whether it was uh, with the Giants, Denver, etc. So, yeah, an, an uninspiring retread-type name, but I just don't think they're going to go down the, you know, Yale whiz kid uh, who majored in in sort of like you know football and defensive tendencies as as his uh, as it, for his thesis? You know, I think that it's going to be this because a availability is a huge thing. Someone willing to sign up for less than ideal of a post is another. Joe Lombardi got fired by the Chargers today. A lot of people have said maybe he would make some sense because he's had success with a young quarterback. First of all, I'm not overly interested in Lombardi. I didn't love the job he did with the Chargers. But remember, they ran the ball less frequently and threw the ball more than any team in the NFL. So I would say that that is probably not a fit at all for here in Washington where they want to be run dominant. Another name you're seeing come up is Byron Leftwich. And that's just because, again, these are the OCs losing their jobs. It would make sense. They get another job quickly. Leftwich almost got a head coaching job. Chris Russell was reminding me today with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars where he once played. I'd say they're pretty happy they went with Doug Peterson at this point as they're on to the second round of the playoffs in his first year. I think Leftwich would be a terrible fit here, though, for a bunch of reasons. Number one, you know, there's a lot of talk about the struggles they had offensively this year in the passing game at getting receivers open. But what do they want to do? They want to run the ball? In four years in Tampa Bay running their offense, the running game ranked 28th, 25th, 15th, and 32nd. Yikes. You're talking about three really bad seasons in terms of rushing yards per play for the Bucks under Leftwich. To me, that would be a disqualification for the Mayhew Rivera mindset. I like Leftwich. I root for him, root for the person, DC Zone. But read Buck's Twitter. Read like the analysts that cover them uh, in terms of that offense and the scheme and design. Not kind of Leftwich. And it's easy to not like a coordinator. Like I try not to care a whole lot about what fans and, and media sometimes think. I mean, people here couldn't stand every of the great head coaches now in the league that was once here as an OC. But there is something to the numbers kind of speaking for themselves a bit on Leftwich. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan on Sunday. News broke that the commanders are telling prospective coordinators Sam Howell's going to be their starting quarterback. What exactly does that mean? Are we buying this? That's next on GD. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.